Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. Amen. You got to stay up on the inside. You got to start drawing on all that God has for you. Today I'm going to talk to you about the great advantage. I'll talk to you about the great advantage. Okay. And um, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, you know this. This has been our scripture all year long, but I want to bring it back to our remembrance. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're already raised up with him, spiritually speaking. We're already seated. It's not going to happen. It's already happened. We're with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Christ being the Messiah the king who would come and establish his kingdom and it would have no end, we are seated in that place of authority right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so, you know, Pastor Marcy in prayer today, you know, was taking time in prayer and this came up in her spirit when she came down. And so I want to remind you, you know what? A move of God can be lost in three days. Three days. How do we know this? Well, God moved Israel out of Egypt. And he performed miracle signs and wonders. He parts the Red Sea, and all of a sudden, they're walking on dry ground. Get over on the other side. Watch Pharaoh die so that that thought in following them in the wilderness, he's coming after us. He's going to come get us. They saw him die. They saw their enemy destroyed. Come on, has Jesus whipped your enemy? Has Jesus stripped him of his power? Okay, and so they're in three days. And all of a sudden, because of a natural hunger, they lost a spiritual hunger. Because of natural things, they lost spiritual things. And they began to complain. And in fact, they wanted to go back to the place of bondage. In three days. In three days. But we have the Spirit of God in us. I said, unlike the nation of Israel, that all of those did not have God in them, nor did he come upon them. They were so stuck to the natural, but that's not with us. So what we want in service is totally dependent on us. I said it's totally dependent on us. If you let the natural things of the world start to infiltrate your mind, then the move of God ends in your life. But if you always focus on the word, I said if you always focus on the word, I mean, do we, got, do we have to have guest ministers you don't know about to stir you up? Because you'll receive their message because they don't correct you. Oh, we love everybody who won't tell us about ourselves. But the ones telling us about ourselves is only trying to empower us to live the best life ever. Hallelujah. That's why God put pastors in your life. To bring you up to the next level. Hallelujah. Amen. So I don't want to end a move. I don't want to end anything. So I have to help us navigate. So that we can continue to stay stirred up. Because we're in the middle of something right now. We're in that. Most documented revivals, they didn't realize they were in it at the time they were in it. And when it started, and when you begin to document it, they realize it's because we were doing all these things up to this particular moment that things happened. Now, somebody could sit out there and be a critic and say, well, this ain't a move. Well, it's not a move for you because you say it's not. Because you can have what you say. I said, you can have what you say. And the scripture says, if two or more gathered in my name, I'm there in the midst. So all you got to do is believe I came to hook up with two or more. Come on, how many of you believe God's moving right now? 
Okay, that's more than two. So who can we criticize now and act like God won't obey or move on behalf of all those right now believing? Hallelujah. So don't let him move over you through doubt and unbelief, but go ahead and jump in and believe. I believe. Come on, say, I believe. So we have this great advantage in John chapter 16, verse 17. This is a setup for next week. Not that this week is insignificant, but again, I believe it'll build on some stuff because we're in a move. And so there's this great advantage. John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says, this is, if you have a red letter Bible, this is in red letters. Okay, this is Jesus Christ, your Lord, saying. Jesus Christ, your Lord, saying. Jesus Christ, your Lord, saying. He says, but I tell you the truth. Aren't you glad he tells us the truth? <laughs> Amen. Right? But I tell you the truth. Just ask me to come into your heart and save you so that when you die, you go to heaven. That's the greatest freedom you'll ever have. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? But if you accept Jesus and you are born again, when you pass away, you'll be present with him. Yes? But Jesus says this. But I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. You know how many believers right now just want to see Jesus? Man, if I could just see Jesus, if I could just be at home with him in heaven, if I could just be with him right now, if he would just show up, if he would just visit me, and Jesus is like, it's to your advantage that I'm not there. Jesus is saying, me personally present with you is not a greater advantage. Come on now. So we got to get it out of our mind that being at the feet of Jesus is a better moment. Now, I'm not going to say it's not a great moment because Jesus is awesome. Jesus is king. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is going to return. Jesus is going to take us to him, and then he's going to come back with us, and we're going to reign for a 1,000 years on this earth with him. And then he'll create a new heaven and new earth, and we'll be with him forever, serving him, being with him, doing his bidding. It's going to be awesome. But Jesus said, in this moment, the life we live right now, this dispensation that we're in, he says, it's to your advantage that I'm not even in the planet. Hallelujah. Yet many are waiting to die to be with him. <laughs> and he says, there's a greater advantage. There's a greater advantage. He says, I tell you the truth. John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, who's that? Who's this? Come on, who's this? Who's this? Let me tell you something. This Holy Spirit, he's something else. I said, he's something else. I said, he's something else. Now, you can talk bad about the Father. And you can talk bad about the Son. But you cannot talk bad about the Holy Ghost. He said, and you can blaspheme Dad and you can blaspheme the Son, but if you start blaspheming the Holy Spirit, ooh, there's something about the Holy Ghost. I said, there's something about the Holy Ghost. I said, there's something about the Holy Ghost. And man, we need to recognize God said it's to your advantage that he's coming, that he's going to be here. Oh, we need a respect and honor. 
Now, we have respect for God the Father, though we've never seen him. And we definitely honor and respect the Son because he laid down his life for us. He took on our sin, our transgression. If he had not done that, we would have no life in God. We'd never be able to be with the Father. But then that guy, this God, God in the flesh, Jesus Christ the Son said, there's an advantage to you for me to leave because I'm going to send somebody. I'm sending him. I'm sending him. I'm sending him. I'm sending him. Woo, glory to God. Well, what will he do when he comes? He tells us this as well in John chapter 14, verse 12. When he comes, this is what Jesus says concerning the Holy Spirit. He says, yes, sorry, it's 1426. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now notice who's sending him. Now, Jesus just said, I'll send him to you. But you know as well as I do, Jesus doesn't do anything outside the will of the Father. So Jesus lets us know in this chapter, the reason why he's coming is not because I'm sending him, it's because Dad wants you to have him. Why do we reject what God wants us to have? But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, how? In my name which means only in his name is he authorized for you to have. He said he will, that is the Holy Spirit, what's he going to do? Teach you all things. What's he going to do? He's going to teach you all things. He's going to what? Teach you all things. And that's just not Bible things. He'll unlock natural things. So you can begin to discover God's original intent for biology, for all kinds of facets of natural things in life, he'll unlock it all. I said he'll unlock it all. He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. It's very important for us to remember what Jesus said. I said it's very important for us to remember what Jesus said. Not what your mama said, what your daddy said, what your auntie said, what your grandma said, but what God said. Now, if auntie told you, what Jesus said, then you can remember that. But if she told you something different, then you need to let it go. Amen? Amen? So he's going to teach you all things. The next thing it says he'll do in John chapter 16, verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, he's called the Holy Spirit, he's called the helper, here he's called the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into how much truth? All truth. And that's just not biblical truth. He'll let you know what's truth in the planet. He'll let you know whether someone you encounter is of the devil and a liar. He'll let you know if their ways aren't right. He'll let you know if they're trying to scheme and deceive. He'll let you know if something didn't go down as it should go down, even though you may not be able to prove it didn't go down. He'll let you know some stuff. He'll let you know truth. He'll guide you into how much truth? All truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he what? Hears, meaning the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he only has an ear to the throne room. He's only listening to Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, who's listening to what the Father's saying on his throne, and that's what he communicates to the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. So he's going to guide us into all truth, and he'll actually give us things to come. And that's just not things to come, biblically speaking. 
But things to come in your own personal life, things that God will cause you to have encounters with, he can begin to set you up for some divine appointments where supernatural things can begin to move. That's if you can hear him. Now, here's the thing. He does speak. The question is, will we hear? We learned a long time ago that we quit, at, quit praying to God. God, I just pray they hear you. Because we realized he's talking. So we had to change that prayer and not say, Lord, I pray they hear you. We said, Lord, I pray they obey when they hear. Because I know they're hearing. Because you're not quiet. You're not, you're not not communicating with humanity. They just got to choose to yield when they hear. Amen. And so A.W. Tozer, Tozer, Towser, not sure how he pronounced Tozer, A.W. Tozer said this. He said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from churches today, 95% of what they do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. There are many places called churches that preach about Jesus crucified and that you must accept him as your Lord and Savior, but then they run the risk of what Paul had to do to a, do in a letter to a church called the Galatian church. And if you read the book of Galatian, you'll see in the third chapter, Paul says, who so easily bewitched you? As you started this thing out in the spirit, now you live in according to the flesh. You're not following the Spirit's leading. You're doing just a bunch of good stuff on your own merits, and you're giving God credit for it all, and God's not in any of it. He said, let me ask you this thing. If you couldn't have gotten right with God in your flesh, what makes you think now that you're born again, your flesh or your own personal works outside of being led by the Spirit impress God? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is why A.W. Tozer can say if, if with 95% of the churches, if the Holy Spirit left, people wouldn't know the difference. Wouldn't even know. Why? Because most are, they have faith to die. They can't wait to die, can't wait to be in heaven, can't wait to be out of the earth, can't wait to leave. You know, just want to tell people that you could go where I'm going and that's the extent of their messaging. Ah, but there's more. Because Jesus didn't come to get you to escape planet Earth. He came to bring heaven through you to the earth. Can I get an amen? amen? So the Holy Spirit's really important. And if we do not emphasize him, because this is what's interesting. Jesus, in John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, he eventually, you know, he's doing a prayer in the 17th uh, chapter, and he's talking to them, Lord, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to protect them from the evil one. All this, he's setting them up. He said, now listen, even after he breathed on them when he was died on the cross, raised from the dead, went back and, and saw his disciples, it says he breathed in John chapter 20 on them to receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit. Then he says, now don't even go anywhere till he comes, meaning the outpouring of the Spirit which is what next week is celebrating Pentecost Sunday when the Spirit of God came to the earth and now is in the earth and he's moving along the earth and he's convicting the world of their sin and he's trying to help believers become all that they were called to be. Yes. Hey, are you hearing what I'm saying? And so 
The Spirit of God, Jesus is emphasizing the Holy Spirit. He's coming. He's coming. It's to your advantage. He's coming. I got to go so he can come. I need to leave so he can come. I got to get out of here so he can be here. And yet, if we don't watch out, we won't emphasize him at all. Nor give him, uh, give him liberty to move among his own people. I'm glad we let him move here. Because some of y'all have been waiting around. Some of y'all have been trying to believe. Some of y'all have been in Scripture. You've been doing it, doing it. You've been studying it. You've been seeing it. You've been knowing on the inside, I need that. I need that expression. I know God lives in me. I know I'm a child of God, but I'm not filled with the Spirit. I do not have the, the evidence of speaking in tongues. I do not have the endowment of power. I need more power in my life. And you came down today and bam, God met you. Woo, glory to God. You won't be the same. It is more. It's another expression. Now, it's elementary. Don't get me wrong. This ain't spiritual maturity stuff. This is elementary stuff because Paul in the 19th chapter of Acts said to those disciples at Ephesus, said, did you receive the Spirit once you believed? They said, we don't even know what you're talking about. So, well, what did you receive? Well, we received uh, the baptism of repentance. John the Baptist told us to repent. He said, okay, yeah, I, I got you. But there's more. I said, there's more. It's the spirit within, the spirit upon. And you don't get half the Holy Ghost. You get all of his expression to let you know that you're a child of God. Then you get all of his expression of his power that opens up the gifts of the spirit in your life so that you can be a witness for God into the world. One expression lets you know you're a child of the king. The next expression is allow you to witness your kingship to the world. But many of us just want the expression of, I'm a child of God when I die, I go to heaven. And you've sold yourself short of all that God wants you to be. Amen? But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the necessity of the Spirit, starting verse 10 verse to verse 14, it says this, For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, let me stop right, real quick here. Who, know, who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man? What's that mean? You know what you're thinking right now. You know what's going through your mind. You know what you're meditating on. Some are meditating right now. You know what? I wish he'd be quiet. You know, I really don't enjoy this church. I don't know why I'm even here. I can't believe God sent me here. It's okay. I know that. That's your own personal struggle. Your own issue. Instead of letting God finish what he wanted to start in you, you want to abandon the work and try to find God somewhere else. The problem is you keep finding yourself. But you blame everybody that's a minister of God of why you can't get to where you need to be. But the only reason why you ain't where you need to be is because you won't let yourself get there through submitting. Okay. Some are thinking about their family members. What's going on with their family? And everything I'm saying sounds like this. Because you're really not hearing anything I'm saying. My voice tone is out there. But you're not hearing. 
says, he, he who has ears, let him hear. Well, man, all of y'all got ears. Y'all ought to be able to hear something. And even if they're signing to you, you're hearing. But are you paying attention to what's being spoken? I mean, I got elevate people in here that are so distracted by their little assignment that I'm ready to kind of dismiss them from their assignment so they can start hearing in a congregation again. Hallelujah. The gifts are moving. It's to pull you up to the next level. So you know what you're thinking. Just like every time you get off and you start to fight it, And you know the only reason you're there is because you won't relent? <laughs> ah, but here's the thing. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the Spirit of God, which means you can't attain to knowing God's thought without the Holy Spirit. Can't do it. Can't do it. He says, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, which tells us there are spirits in the world. And there are other voices you can tune into. Hallelujah. And you can hear them. And you can act on them. He said, but we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us. Why? Look at there's the answer. Why do we have the spirit which is from God? So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. The things. The things. Not the things. Well, what has God given you? Well, he gave me a new life so that when I die, I go to heaven. That's what he gave me. I got eternal life. That's what he gave me. He gave me eternal life. I'm gonna, when I die, I go to heaven. That's what he gave me. He freely gave me that. It wasn't of my own works. It was a, a work of grace by faith. That's what he gave me. That's what he gave me. No, he gave you things. And the Spirit of God wants to reveal those things to you. So the reason why you have the Spirit of God is so you're, you can unlock things that are associated with those who come to know Jesus. He goes on and says this, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. Meaning I'm just not, I didn't go and study a bunch of stuff on my own and take a bunch of other people's information and then learned it so well so that then I can basically regurgitate to you all the information I receive from other pieces of paper from other human beings that's just based upon a natural wisdom. No, the Spirit of God revealed these things to us so that when I speak, it goes beyond your mind, it penetrates your spirit. And when it penetrates your spirit, your spirit, not the Holy Ghost, but your spirit, the Holy Ghost in you begins to speak to your spirit and says, now that's what I'm talking about. At that point, you know your own spirit whether you're saying, well, I'm not going to receive it because I don't like that guy. Many times we reject the things of God because we don't like the vessel that said it. I received from a donkey. God forbid. That's why my relationships are always, I'm going to receive what God wants to say to me through the individual, whether they ever want to receive what I got to say by God to them. And some things I learn what not to do. I learn it, but thank you for teaching me. Some of y'all teaching me how to walk in love, <laughs> and I appreciate it. It just makes me stronger. The more you kick against the goes, the stronger I get in love, and I love it. It's awesome. Bring it on. 
So we see here that there's this thing that the Holy Spirit does. He is there to teach us things, right? And we receive the things of the Spirit, not because they're taught by human wisdom, but those things taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Which means if we do not even have the conversation that the Holy Ghost is among us and in us, then we immediately reduce our services to natural knowledge. And I don't care whether I had a doctor behind my name, a theologian, doesn't matter, all that I could regurgitate in information. It, information does not set you free. Revelation acted upon brings freedom. So the natural man doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. We have the greatest advantage because we have the Holy Ghost. I said, we have the Holy Ghost. So Dr. Gee said this. He said, are we drawing from the endless supernatural well of the Holy Spirit, or are we trying to manufacture and experience using our own methods? The song we just sang to you, this new song, we had to change the words because the, the song was originally written soulishly, meaning based upon how I feel. And I know that God's here because I feel something. Now, I'm not going to say you won't feel something, but that's not how you know. I said that's not how you know. So we don't put emphasis on feeling the Spirit we put emphasis on having a consciousness in our spirit about the Holy Spirit, whether we feel it or not, and we'll move with the Spirit even if we don't feel it because we know His Word, He will do it, and we'll act upon it whether we feel it or not. So I have to feel like dancing to dance. Man, somebody ought to just break out and dance. I'm telling you, I don't, I don't dance because I feel like it. Like, oh, wow, I feel like dancing right now. Oh, the, the music moved me. Oh, it's moving me right now. It's moving me. I mean, it shouldn't have to move. You should just say the Lord says to dance before him, and you know what? I've just got unction to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Now, then the Holy Ghost can do something in that moment of obedience. Because, again, all the blood is seated on the mercy seat right now just waiting to be applied but they need somebody to move the blood by saying, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead. I call him Lord of my life. Then the blood shows up and they become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Whether they felt God or not, they can act on it. Same thing with the Holy Ghost. Whether I feel God on me or not, I'll just move and believe I receive and then I'll just speak. I'm not going to let my mind tell me it ain't something. And let me tell you something. You know, these people who come around and say, well, now they're all praying in the Spirit. You know, they're just mimicking them. Nobody has a problem with natural mimicking. Well, I want to teach you some Spanish. So get it. Well, I mean, how do I say hello? You got to get that on your own. No? No? Hola. Go ahead, say it. Hola. Hola, no, it's not hola, because it's, even though it's H-O-L-A, the H is silent, because again, if you saw it, hola, 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 no, it's not hola, which some of you may say hollo, hala. No, 
Hola. O is always O. It's never a, u, it's always o, o. When it's by itself, o, right? Hola, so we say it and someone says, oh, and we don't like, oh man, you know, that's fake. Now, sometimes you need to hear somebody and you get something, you're like, it sounds different. Well, act on the different then. Go ahead and speak that out. It's definitely not gonna be exactly it, but you know enough that my mom won't understand it, so go ahead and yield to it. I said, go ahead and yield to it. And next thing you know, then you'll have your language and you'll be so glad that you allowed your mouth to be released on what you heard on the inside. Because it says, they all spake with other tongues as he gave them utterance. He didn't take over their tongue. The Holy Ghost is not going to come in there and pull your tongue out and say, here you go. And wag it. <laughs> it's not how it works. But on the inside, down here, ain't that right, Brandon? Down here on the inside, it just you you there was some kind of syllable, and you just started letting that go. And you know that your father's not gonna give you a snake if you've asked for a fish or a rock when he's asked you a bread. You know that he wants you to have the endowment of power, and the evidence of that is just you'll speak in an unknown tongue, and it ain't about the tongue, it's about the power. And this guy's like, I want the doggone power. And I'm going to let this, I'm telling you, many of you, the power's been on you, but you just in your mind would not let go of what you were hearing in your spirit. And you're not having the fullness of it because you won't release what you're hearing in your spirit. I love what Pastor David Emi used to say. He said, man, I was on drugs. I was in biker gangs. He said, I ran hard for the Lord. I was in bars all the time. I never heard anybody speak in other tongues. If it would have been of the devil, I'd have heard it. No, that's religion. That's the devil convincing religious people who want to do God their way and are doing God by the flesh, even if they're born again. Doing God by the flesh because, again, oh, man, oh, hold on now. I don't know about all that. And you know what? The devil convinced you don't get the power. Because he knows there's an advantage you'll take in this realm. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 8 that when we allow the Holy Ghost to intercede for us, meaning we allow our spirit to hear his spirit and then we release what he's saying, we can pray out mysteries and the perfect will of God. There are times we don't know how we ought to pray, so we yield to the spirit of God. He prays through us, meaning we yield to him and what we hear him saying, we release it. And all of a sudden now, his perfect will is coming out in the earth. And it doesn't matter whether you understand it, God understands it. And you've given him authorization through your words as a child of God to have what you're saying, even though you don't even understand what you're saying. Wow. The devil don't want you to have that advantage. He wants you to never be an advantage. So what we do is we manufacture things. We get into emotionalism. Right? Emotionalism. Emotionalism. Arnell, where are you at? Stand up, Arnell. Arnell, this guy right here can teach the Bible. Took him and his wife, planted them in Puerto Rico. He'd sit there and he would begin to teach line upon line, precept upon precept. He'd just minister the word, line upon line, precept upon precept. People would come and people would go. People would come and people would go and they wouldn't stay. You know why they wouldn't stay? Because he wouldn't preach with his vein out. 
he wouldn't get this like used to feel that they expected all pastors in that country to sound like. Spitting and shouting and kicking and jerking and yelling. There's nothing wrong. I like to shout, scream. I like a little vein popping out myself. That's just my style. But at the end of the day, that doesn't make me better. It's the word being preached that's necessary. And they would come and testify to him. We've never heard this kind of preaching before. We've never heard this. This is so good. It would change your life. But they wouldn't stay. Why? Because they wanted to feel. And their feelings kept them carnal. And he was giving them the spirit. So, you know, we did the scripture. We were there for three years. And we had been around this tree trying to bear some fruit. Dug around it, put some fertilizer on it. Eventually, we said, if it don't bear fruit in the next year, we're out. Because, you know, they don't need another spitting, shouting minister. Because, you know what? If they fit their look, they still won't hear their content. What they needed was a teacher on the island. And so we had to shake our little sandals off. You can be seated. Thank you. See, it's amazing how people gravitate towards personalities when they're supposed to gravitate towards the great advantage, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, listen, we were not so far gone that God, by his spirit, through his son, could not save us. Do you believe that? That nobody on the planet is so far gone in sin. So bad off that God cannot reach down with his blood and forgive it all. Right? Isn't that awesome? And we believe that. Yet, you need to understand, our minds are not so far gone that we cannot renew it by the word of God through the revealing of the same spirit. Yet, I am like in amazement. At believers' rejection of the great advantage. Well, as Jesus come to my heart just like you. I, I, I understand that. I mean, that's not the end all, people. Are you letting him renew your mind? Because your spirit man was dead. You know, God didn't just come for your spirit. He came for a total makeover. And he knew how he made you, spirit, soul, and body. Total makeover. That's why he says that our, we are say, our soul is saved through the watering of the word. That our mind is to be renewed and transformed by the word. It's our responsibility to save our thinking. You can't save it until your spirit's alive to God and the third person of the Godhead, the great advantage comes and lives on the inside of you. When he shows up inside your life, he's like, whoo, you understand I came here for a purpose. Yes. See, the only purpose we think the Holy Ghost came for us is to be able to say, here you go, lock yourself to me because this is going to be a bumpy ride, but we're going to get through. You're going to go to heaven with me. I'll get you through everything. I mean, I'm going to drag you, you understand. I'm going to drag you slowly through it. Just be glad you're tied to me. I mean, if you look at most believers' lives, that's it. Oh, well, he's just going to make barely, man. 
Devil's after me. Devil's, man, it's tough, hard, it's hard. You know what? There's a crisis. How are we going to get gas? <laughs> How are we going to pay our bills? <laughs> Don't want to get sick. But at least I'm saved. At least I'm saved. The Holy Spirit did not show up on the planet to just tie you to him. That way when the great exodus happens in your life, when you pass from this one into the next, he's like, Phew. all right, here's another one, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, we, we got it. <laughs> Woo, this was rough, man. I mean, you see the devil biting at him as he's going the whole thing through. Good thing we were strong enough. The only reason that kind of life exists among believers is because they don't let God renew their mind. I mean, he can save you from eternal damnation, but he can't get your mind right. Well, the only reason he can't get your mind right is because you choose to not learn how to yield and listen to the great advantage on the inside. And he will spiritually appraise the word. I mean, we haphazardly in the word. We barely want to read the word. When I say us, I'm obviously not talking about us. I mean that because there's a demand in this house to read scripture. And if you're serving anywhere, man, you're reading scripture. I get it. And you're learning and growing. And I'm thankful to God. And I put you up against anybody because, again, this thing's about fruit production. This is about you demonstrating these things. I had someone who just blessed me this past week and said, man, my life's different because you have lived an example in front of me. And my life is, well, they saw the Holy Ghost in me take hold of me. Because I yielded to him, and I kept submitting to him, submitting to him, submitting to him. In fact, the Holy Ghost told them, they need to hear this because there's a lot of stuff they don't hear that sounds like this. Yeah. Because the devil don't want me to live victorious, don't want me to continue to press on, don't want me, he wants me to think my labor's in absolute vain. Ah, but somebody had come up and say, man, God's changed my life. The example of the Holy Ghost in you, you following him, hearing his voice, it's changed me. I'm different. I see the example. You're not just saying something, you're living something. Well, we live something because we renew our mind to something. We allow the Holy Ghost to do this work in us. And the reason why he came is first and foremost to train us how to be like him. Here. Come on, get this today. Please get this today. There's no reason for the Holy Ghost to do anything else in this church if we're not going to learn to be trained to be like him and get our minds right. Yes, when you are lost in your sin, you are nobody, no good, and thank God it's only because of him. That is true. But because he has, now you are. Say, I am. Say, I am. I am a believer. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a child of God. You've been given a right. You've been authorized to be able to act, to walk, to say, to demonstrate. <coughs> wow. To demonstrate. John chapter 14. All right, I better slow down. John 14, 10 through 17, Jesus says this, uh, and I had to set context, was just going to use one verse, but it was good for context. He said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What's he saying? Oneness. 
He said, the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. So who's doing the work, Jesus or the Father? So even Jesus says the works that I'm doing is really not me, it's the Father. So that's like you. The works that I'm doing is really not me, it's Jesus. It's the Holy Ghost in me doing the bidding of Jesus. So even Jesus said, I'm not doing this on my own. And he's the example. Well, we can't do what Jesus said. Well, then you call Jesus a liar. And you become a God unto yourself. Let's go on. He says, believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. And what did Jesus call them? <laughs> what did Jesus call them? Please quit being deceived that works is not a part of a new covenant. Understand what works really is in the totality of Scripture. Obedience has always been and always will be a work. The difference between your self-righteous work and obeying God's word work is the difference, but they're both works nonetheless. So if you do a self-righteous work, where mean I'm going to do something the way I want to do it and I want God to accept it, that's works that do not get credit. But if you're that person that says, I will do whatever God says because I believe that his word will always work, then that work is pleasing to God. Oh, I wish we could explain this longer than a 10-second soundbite. Do you know that that little soundbite we did called Relationship and Responsibility hit 15,000 today? 15,000 people viewed that. We've never had something be viewed that much. Ever. Never have. It's like, what's going on here? Out of that, we've only had a couple of negative comments. Because, you know, again, the minute you say responsibility, it's almost like saying work. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm not asking you to defend me, nor am I asking you to get out and make comments. In fact, it'd probably be better for you not. The only comment you should make is say, you probably should listen to the whole message before you make a conclusion. Because many things you say within 15 seconds, there's a whole lot more to be said. It's really just to get your, their attention. But, you know, critics want to immediately, you know, say you're not saying something rightly divine, the word of truth. I mean, if I heard a 15-second bit, I would say, well, before I comment, I need to hear. <laughs> Amen? Because wisdom tells us that. It's amazing how many believers don't have wisdom but want their own opinion about what they think they know about God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Because the more we do right and God continues to elevate the word that's coming out of this house, it will have opposition. I know of great men and women of God that all over the internet today, people are still trying to discredit what they said. And they're not even in the planet. But the spirit of their words are because it was really the spirit of God. He goes on and says this. <clears throat> he says, truly, truly, I say to you, 
He who believes in me. Who's a believer in here? Come on, I'm ready to stop. Who's a believer in here? Amen. So if you didn't raise your hand, come on. Let's make Jesus Lord now. Let's don't wait for an altar call. Let's go now. I mean, you just acknowledged you were not. Do you want to die in your trespasses and sin? Do you want to be eternally separated from God when there's no reason for you to do that? That he laid down his life and poured out his blood for you so that you can have life and life more abundantly? I'm not offering you a religion. I'm not offering you a one-way ticket to heaven. I'm offering heaven inside you and God himself to live inside you. I'm offering you identity. I'm offering you an opportunity to rise to the place that God always intended you to be. Because if you're not bold enough in front of this crowd to lift your hand and say you're a believer, then you need to come on right now and let's get saved. Okay, then I'll ask again. <clears throat> How many of you are a believer? Oh, a lot more. <laughs> Interesting. See, if you're ashamed in this house to say you're a believer, I know you're not talking in publics. And the only reason we get ashamed is not because we're not children of God, it's because we're ignorant of what we can do as children of God. Because we've allowed the devil to trick us into settling for leaving and being thankful only that we're born again. He said, truly, truly, <laughs> I like how he starts that. <laughs> Jesus sets this up with truly, truly. In essence, this is the truth. And this is the truth. This is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but so truly, truly, right? He, and that's not a male only. He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Truly, truly. I said truly, truly. It's to your advantage I go because as long as I'm here, I have the spirit without measure. He can't go nowhere else because he has to be with me. But the minute I go and get on the seat, I'm going to send him and he can go to you and 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 you. And the works that I did all by myself, then you can do a work and 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 you can do a work. And when you're all doing your works of obedience to God, then all of a sudden we all look like Jesus. Woo, glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, when we all do it together, it's not that I'm the only one who can raise the dead. I'm the only one who can cast out devils. I'm the only one who can lay hands on the sick. No, you can, you can, you can, you can. And when we all do it together, see, my hands can preach while my feet walk. It don't look the same if I do it this way. Right? Now, I might be able to preach walking on my hands, but it's going to be uncomfortable. And after a while, I might get lightheaded. Because the head was never supposed to be below the feet. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, he's the head of the church. So my feet are doing his part, hands are doing his part, my, my, uh, my lungs are doing his part, and all of us are doing the will of God. Jeez. So the works that I, this is why we have greater works, because it's not limited to one vessel.
And then he says in verse 13, what have you asked in my name that I will do so that the Father may be glorified? The Father might be what? <coughs> glorified. Mm. In the Son. So every time you actually do what Jesus did, you glorify the Father. Every time you don't do what you're being led to do by the Spirit to do, you dishonor him and bring him no glory. Well, this ain't about me. That's right. So just lay hands on him. Let God through you get him healed so we can go on. Because it becomes about you when you don't. See, that's, that's spiritual pride. Now, brother, it's not about us. <coughs> it's not. Obey the Spirit. Lay hands on them. You didn't heal them anyway. Oh, praise the Lord. It says those who believe will lay hands on the sick. He didn't say, get out of my way. I'm going to heal them. Just be glad you're coming. I mean, let's really read the Bible. We have this fairy tale concept of God. I'm going to do everything without you. Just get out of my way. But not in this house. That's why. You want to move a God? Waiting on you. How, how, bad, how, how much you want worship to manifest? I mean, how much do you want your life to be changed? What are you expecting to hear right now? We'll sing when we all get to heaven. But we have a hard enough time just an hour in service. Because you think heaven's going to be different? You will stand in the presence of the word. <laughs> he is the word in manifestation. He's going to speak. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of preaching going on. Oh, hallelujah. Okay. He says this. He said, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's New Testament. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may uh, be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides in you and will be, uh, abides with you and will be what? In you. See, we do not need a new expression of the Holy Spirit. We don't need a new move. We just need to learn how to yield to the spirit that's already on the inside. See, that's why the psalmist, David said this in Psalms 51, 10 to 11. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You know, we're in the new covenant that we got the clean heart. And we got a steadfast, we have a steadfast spirit because ours is alive to God. I mean, seriously, what excuse do we have before God the Father? Our spirit is alive, like just screaming, yelling, yearning for this kind of fellowship with his own kind called the Holy Ghost, the God kind. I said the God kind. He said, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Yeah, we seem to want to have church without him. Develop our own experiences, have our own feelings, 
so that we feel good about ourselves, yet when we hit life's problems and trials, we can't overcome, so we come back around each other to cry about our experiences that someone can say, brother, I know exactly how you feel. Put their arm around you, cry with you, sympathize, but never give you anything to help you overcome. And so we all cry out to God, oh, Lord, move, do something. You're in control. Do something in our lives. And the Lord's like, I'm in you. I will train your mind. You do not have to think like this, act like this, behave like this. I have given you authority. Hallelujah. No, this is not going to be popular YouTube stuff. I get it. Because they're back to that word, personal Lord, just take that away from me. He's already taken it all away. The blood did that. What you got to do is act, respond, believe, renew your mind, put down your flesh, yield to the spirit. The Holy Ghost is never going to move in such a way you'll never have a flesh problem. Paul wrote the same church that was having flesh problems, the Galatian church. He said in the fifth chapter, he said the 17th verse, he says, your flesh and your spirit are going to battle daily. You're never free from this conflict, one translation says. So if you're like praying, Lord, take this flesh from me, then you got to die. And you don't want to die. So what you got to do is say, Lord, thank you that you're strengthening my spirit to hear your spirit so that I can always overcome and not yield to the flesh. Because here it is. Listen, 1 John 4, 4, here it is. Closing with this verse. Whew. Oh, man, if we could get revelation of this verse. 1 John 4, 4, if we could. It's to your, it's the great advantage. You are from God. You are from God. You are from God. You are from God. Quit saying you're a sorry sinner saved by grace. You are now from God. You were a sinner. You've been saved by grace through faith. You are from God. God, little children, and have overcome them because, because, because greater is he, greater is he, greater is he who is in, in, in who, in who, in you than he that's in the world. My gosh, how could we ever be beat down, broke down, ally, we about to die. We ain't gonna overcome. How can we let the spirit of the world, which is fear, to intimidate us? For God's not giving us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah, the greater one's on the inside of you. The greater one's on the inside of you. I don't care how you're feeling, the greater one. Just let him loose. Just let him out. Just let him come. Just let him fill you. Just let him pour himself on you. Just let him show up in your life. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. 
You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. Thank you.